Hey there, it's May 15th, and it's the Sunday edition of CNN Five Things. I'm David Rind. Let's get into it. First of all, the easy part, if you can just say your name and what you do. So um, I'm the proud owner of Allison Sargent Events. We're a full-service event planning firm. I want you to meet Allison Sargent. She's an event planner for Montclair, New Jersey, just outside of New York City. Her company organizes all kinds of events, weddings, parties, corporate retreats. If it involves getting a large group of people into a room, they can handle it. We're designing, we're executing, we're finding all the vendors, we're finding um, the venue. And as you can imagine, the last two years of pandemic life have not been kind to businesses like Allison's. Well, she says now, in spring of 2022, people are ready to party again and business is booming. So that sounds great, right? Well, not quite. Literally, when I turn on the news and I hear about how inflation is affecting, I'm like, check mark, check mark, check mark. But yep, there's that I word we all know and love inflation. We have not seen rising prices like this in decades. And Allison says it's hit her business big time. Um, in so many areas, food, flowers, delivery, transportation, tents, venues, entertainment. I could go on and on. Do you find that your clients are understanding of the higher prices and the, the economic situation? Or do they ever get like, hey, why is this so much? What are we doing here? Uh, what are the conversations like? The conversations are all of the above, you know. She says what's happening is that customers are coming to her with an idea of what a wedding cost back in 2019, before the pandemic, before all this inflation. Then when she gives them a quote that reflects our 2022 reality, they have some concerns. And of course, then they're saying, OK, can you please explain this? And yeah, what do you tell them? It's a laundry list. I, I say that we just have rising costs that uh, on food. But we can manage that by maybe making different food choices, maybe making uh, thinking about a venue that's lesser priced or. And what Allison is talking about there, you know, settling for something less pricey or getting a little creative. That is the kind of compromise so many people have had to make recently from the gas station to the grocery store. But that's just inflation. Pair that with a sagging stock market rising interest rates and fears of a possible recession, and you've got a pretty confusing economic situation. So today, I'm going to spend five minutes with CNN chief business correspondent Christine Romans, and we're going to see if we can get to the bottom of what's going on and what it means for your wallet. I want to start really super basic here, Christine. The economy, it's doing bad. Do, do I have that right? <laughs> the global economy has so many different cross-currents happening right now. Any one of them would be a major destabilizing effect. But instead, you got half a dozen things happening all at once. Hmm. So I would say the economy is chaotic right now. Okay. It's probably still growing, but it's just chaotic. So here's these competing storylines, right? You've got, um, coming out of pandemic, American consumers literally 
can't find all the stuff they want to buy, right? This this pent-up demand coming out of the pandemic. So they're spending like crazy. So that should be good for the economy, except prices are rising because of supply chain problems. And rising prices isn't good for the economy. So you have the Fed raising interest rates to try to cool down an overheating economy and those higher prices. Well, rising interest rates, those aren't good for borrowers. Those aren't good for people with a lot of credit card debt or home debt or student loan debt. So that's not good for the economy. But the jobs market is really strong, continues to be strong, and wages are rising. So that's good for workers. But sometimes those wages aren't growing as fast as overall inflation. You see what I mean? Then you layer on Putin's war in Ukraine and a redrawing of the of the energy map that could take years to play out. That's the chaos. It's just there's no roadmap for this. Any one of those things that I just mentioned would normally be destabilizing and cause uncertainty. And you've got all of them happening at once. All at once. Uh, so inflation seems to be the thing that really has got people concerned. Uh, it just costs more to buy stuff they usually buy. And we've talked about it on this show before. And, you know, people have told me, you know, this was just a COVID-induced supply chain thing. Once that sorts out, prices will come back down. But, you know, I, that hasn't happened. So what 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 gives when it comes to inflation? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the so-called experts really got it wrong on inflation. They kept saying, including the Fed chief, it would be transitory, that that terrible wonky word, which, <laughs> you know, meant that it would, ha- you know, be temporary, I guess. And it's been a year now uh, and, and inflation has not come down. You know, we just saw this week inflation at 8.3 percent. So that's hot, but it's cooling a little bit from where it's been. So I think that's important. A lot of people think that there could be a peak coming in here very soon. But Think about airfares, for example. Over the past three months, airfares are up 35%. Well, we know why, right? Because that pandemic pent-up demand, people are going out and they're traveling again. Airfares are up about 15% from where they were before the pandemic, which makes sense because jet fuel prices are up too, right? So you can start to see how it sort of all makes sense. But the sticker shock Mm. every week, every month when you're writing your, your, your rent check or your filling up your gas tank. That's what really has consumers in a sour mood. For sure. Uh, What about the stock market then? I I know the old saying, stock market, not the economy. But I I know a lot of people, too, who have checked their 401ks recently and basically wanted to chuck their computers out the window. So like, what's going on with the markets? So the stock market went basically up for two years, right? And people, especially in tech stocks, made a lot of money. It was a great, easy, easy investment to be in stocks. And that has now changed. And that's changed for all the reasons I've mentioned. The Fed is raising interest rates in a meaningful way for the first time in 20-some years, right? We've had just almost a generation of cheap, cheap money, and that's going away. And that makes uh, high-growth stocks like tech stocks less attractive. So the NASDAQ, that's lost a quarter of its value so far this year. Broader stocks like the S&P 500 index in your 401k, that's probably what you mimic in a, in a long-term retirement account. You know, a year of gains have been wiped away. So Ugh. it's significant. It's been, a, it's been a, just a painful period here. But put it in context, I, honestly, the first two years of the, the pandemic after the initial crash, anyone holding on to stocks or buying new stocks made an awful lot of money. So the bill has come due on years of easy money in, the, in interest rates and on uh, you know two years of basically straight up stock market. I want to ask about the housing market next, Christine. And if I can raise a point of personal privilege here, my wife and I are at the point where we want to buy our first house, but it just does not seem like the time to do that right now. Is the housing market going to stabilize anytime soon? 
you know, the housing market has been so interesting. All those years of very, very low interest rates, I think, have hurt first-time home buyers. I mean, on the one hand, yeah, it's like, wow, you could get a mortgage for less than 4%. That's unbelievable. But it made a bubble in housing, I think. And so you couldn't really, first-time home buyers couldn't get into the market. It drove prices up so high that a lot of people were priced out. It'll be painful in the near term, but I'm hoping things will get to be more of a historical kind of situation where um, it's just not so hard to buy a house. Right. And and so GDP then, uh, most people mention this when they're talking about a recession. Is that where we're headed in the near future? So gross domestic product is the broadest gauge of the size of the American economy, right? Uh, and it shrank uh, in the last quarter, mm. in the most recent reading that we had. And that was a surprise for many people. If you have two quarters in a row of the economy actually contracting, that starts to meet the technical definition of a recession. A lot of people I talk to think that you'll avoid a recession, but a slowdown in the U.S. economy is likely to happen. And that's what the Fed is trying to do. That's actually on purpose the slowdown, because the economy was roaring back so much from the worst of the pandemic, roaring so quickly ahead, it was generating all this inflation. So you see what I mean? It's this big, interesting cycle where the Fed comes in and tries to tap the brakes on the car that's speeding too fast ahead. That car is the American economy, and it has to tap the brakes just right so it doesn't you know, throw it in a ditch. Yeah, ditch is not where any of us want to be. So what's the right amount then? Does anybody know? Or is the Fed just going to go little by little and hope everyone is wearing their seatbelts? It's a real tightrope walk for Fed officials, to be honest, because the relief from higher prices, if the Fed gets it right and, and cools down inflation, the relief from higher prices comes at another cost. And that cost is higher borrowing costs. So if you're a person who's in the market for a new car loan or a new home loan or new student loans or any kind of debt um, that is tied to these official interest rates, it's going to cost you more to borrow money. I think that interest rates have been too low for way too long, and there's been too much cheap money in the system, which can cause all kinds of different problems that we might not even understand yet. So the Fed raising interest rates is appropriate. And the Fed raising interest rates, even you know a half a percentage point over the next few meetings, most people I talk to say is is very appropriate. Uh, and then we have to see whether they can break the back of that high inflation. You made an interesting comment at the top about how people want to choke their computers, you know, out the window. I hear that so much. People look at what happened in the last two weeks or so, and they're scrambling to find the login for their 401k. And I always say, if you're selling your stocks after the NASDAQ is already down 26%, step away from the keyboard. Just step away from the keyboard. <laughs> you're saying just take a breath, go on a walk. Yeah, take a breath, go on Long-term investors, most of us are long-term investors, have to have perspective. The S&P 500, the broadest gauge of stock market health, right? It's still back to where it was sometime in early 2021. That's not bad. That's not bad. Corrections can be an important refresh for the market to get things back into balance. If you are invested for the long term and you are dollar cost averaging in your 401k every month, you're buying a little bit of stock. A pullback actually is good for you, right? Because it means you're buying stocks a little bit cheaper. And eventually, no one ever wants to bet against the American economy. Okay. Trying to stay positive. That's the message here. Understood. Christine Romans, thanks so much. You're welcome. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. Here's something else happening this week. Tuesday is a big primary night. Voters go to the polls in five states, including Pennsylvania, which will once again be a test of former President Donald Trump's influence in these midterm elections. He's endorsed Dr. Mehmet Oz, yes, that Dr. Oz, in the GOP Senate race. But over the last few weeks, some big money Republican groups have actually ignored that endorsement and propped up the campaign of relative outsider Kathy Barnett, who has surged in the polls. The Sunday edition of CNN Five Things is produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohammed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. Special thanks to Dan DeZula and Vanessa Yurkevich. Have a good week. I'll talk to you later. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life, I sit down with Giles Yeo. It is a problem of our brain influencing the hunger. So hunger is a brain scenario, even though the feeling of hunger comes from your stomach. It's a very new and provocative way of thinking about a condition that impacts more than 40% of Americans. But the thing is, this approach could have big consequences for the way that we treat obesity. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts.